Hello and welcome to Vision Extra, coming to you from Vision Australia Radio. Peter Greco with you, and with us is Katrina Taylor. Katrina, how are you? Good, thanks, Peter, and nice to be back now that the borders are open. Yay! Yes, even by phone they were closed at one stage almost. Oh, uh, yeah, it did seem that way. Katrina, you had a birthday a little while ago, not that that's important, and um, not that it was significant birthday either, but... Um, you did something pretty special to um, celebrate it or recognise it. Well, actually, it was a significant birthday, but no, I'm not telling you the number. No. But because Between it was one and a hundred. Sig- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Closer to one than a hundred, shall we say. But <laughs> yeah, it was a special birthday. Because it was a significant one, I wanted to do something pretty awesome. And as it turns out, my birthday is actually the same day as the Sydney Harbour Bridges, but it's older than I am. Oh, that's incredible. I didn't know that bit of it. No, no, a little sort of known secret. So when I was coming up to the big birthday, I'm like, you know what, Harbour Bridge climb, that's what I want to do. So had you spoken to anyone that's done it before, particularly someone with a vision impairment? Yes. Um, actually, a friend of mine in Sydney, I had um, asked him about it because I was sure he'd done it and, yeah. He explained a bit about what it was like and that, and I was like, yeah, this shouldn't be too hard. So what was it like? What was it like? It was really awesome. I wouldn't say it was an adrenaline rush like you get from a V8 hot lap at Sandown Raceway or going on the giant drop at Dreamworld, but it was a pretty amazing thing to be able to do. And also not as physically um, exhausting as I was expecting. I've done more... um, training bushwalks in the Grampian. I was going to ask you about that because obviously people listening in might think, that's something I wouldn't mind having a go at. I mean, you know, it's hard to define, isn't it? But how would you describe your fitness level and, you know, how demanding physically is is something like this? Oh, well, look, you know, I make Australia's top athletes look like absolute wimps. No, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my friend described it, if you can walk 5Ks without getting puffed, then you'll be pretty well... Right, and no, it wasn't as long as that, but it's a series of vertical ladders, which everything is very secure, a number of walkways, gantries, and shallow, evenly paced steps. There's handrails everywhere. So as long as you can manage to climb and negotiate steps, but you're also on a a safety line. So you're not going to blow off the top of the bridge if it's getting a bit windy up there or accidentally fall over the railing height or anything like that. So do you have like a bit of a um, a tutorial beforehand? Does someone sort of run through what to expect and what's coming up and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, actually you do. When we arrived, you have all these forms you've got to fill out. And of course, I identified that I had a vision impairment. So one of the staff came and asked me about my sight level. In terms of the practical stuff, what sort of things I can see and how I manage with things. Now, I also had my husband with me. He's fully sighted and very good at describing things to me, particularly on bushwalks and stuff like that. So he went ahead of me on the walk and be like, you need to duck your head here or there's the next ladder up here or, you know, things like that. So that was quite good. But once you're all suited up in the lovely jumpsuit, man, it really did feel like you were going to prison. Um, <laughs> with, and they made you go through a metal detector thinking, yeah, I guess this is what prison's like. Um, but then you've got your harness on. And what they do inside the um, centre there is they actually have a setup where you've got a couple of the vertical ladders and some gantries that are the same on the bridge climb. So they get to see how you interact okay. with that environment. But you get a chance first to sort of understand how things will work, how to get your um, 
carabiner unsnagged on the safety line, that sort of thing. Mm. So it just gives you that a bit of an initial idea. And because everything was evenly spaced and well-defined. Yeah, I think a lot of people can identify that. I don't know if you go, um, you know, to certain places, you know, the steps are unevenly uh, spaced out. Uh, it can be a bit tricky. But as you say, if they're evenly spaced out and you're physically okay to climb up or down them, then it's, uh, you know, you sort of get into a rhythm or a routine, as it were, which uh, is quite easy to uh, manage. Now, the sort of dry run beforehand, is that just because you had a vision impairment or does everyone do that? Everybody does that. So there were 12 people in our climb group. They were putting groups through at about 20-minute intervals. Everybody has to do it. So you just get a feel for how it works as being on a safety line and that sort of thing as well. But everybody does it. The leader gets a sense of who's in their group what difficulties they may or may not have, um, etc. You had your husband with you, but is there someone else sort of overseeing the 12 of you, as it were? Oh, no, no, no. It's like, yeah, at the door, follow the lines and off you go, kids. Okay. No, not really. No, right. <laughs> no, no. no. There, there is actually a climb leader and everybody has a headset so that you can hear the climb leader when they're explaining what's coming up on the climb next or giving you history about the bridge or what you can see from different points. And what's that like? Because sometimes, you know, having someone talk to you while you're trying to do something can be a little bit distracting or disorientating. Do you find that? I didn't find it too bad, and I probably shouldn't admit this, but I sort of did tune the client leader out on places because I was more listening to my husband. He was right in front of me going, okay, so you've got to duck your head here, but, you know, you've got quite a high step over. But you won't tell them I said that, right, Peter? No, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that bit in. Uh, don't let that bit out, Sam, just in case you're listening. Hey, Katrina, <laughs> uh, on a serious note, because you're, you're sort of outside, as it were, what, what about things like um, noises, uh, both of, I don't know, traffic, uh, wind, uh, just generally? Because, again, noise can be quite disorientating for uh, a person who might be blind or have low vision. Okay, so in terms of noises... It was an overcast day. It was a little bit windy, but as you can appreciate, once you start up the actual arch of the bridge itself, it gets windier the higher up you've got. But then I found if I turned my head in a particular direction, that would minimise mm. the sound of the wind. But it did sort of give me access to other interesting sounds. For example, when we're at the pinnacle, a seaplane flew over and then flew back again a couple of minutes later. So that was really cool to be that close, not that mm. it was buzzing the bridge or anything. And then a helicopter flew over as we started the descent and I could actually hear the swoosh of the individual blades, not just the sound of the rotor. Okay. So I thought that was really, really cool. But sound can be interesting. I did get freaked out at one point because mm. we were on the descent negotiating the ladders back down and the next second, a train rushes past my left ear. Now, it felt like it was 30 centimetres away. I'm told it was five metres away, but I'm telling you, it was much closer than five metres to my That's left ear. That's pretty close anyway for a train. Yeah, yeah five metres, yeah. Which sort of freaked me out initially. It was like, whoa, where'd that come from? But after that, when we were actually below where the train line runs, every time I could hear a train coming, I'd put my hand up under the deck there to see if I could feel the vibrations of the train going overhead. And it's interesting to be having a train running over the top of you without getting mm. track marks. <laughs> Do you get a sense of um, how high you are or maybe just the fact that you are uh, sort of up there somewhere rather than on terra firma, as it were? It was actually quite interesting, Peter, because... The steps, once you're working on the arch, 
they're, as I said, shallow and evenly paced. So it didn't feel like you were going up a steep curve. So it wasn't really until I started looking over the side. So when you start to climb, you're climbing on the um, Opera House side. So you can see the Opera House and over to Circular Quay. I'm starting to get a sense of a bit high up we were. And then, of course, I'm, I'm waving to all the ferries and boats that go under the bridge <laughs> as, as well because, you know, why not? Yeah. But you're getting that sense of high. It's a bit interesting when depth perception isn't your strong suit. Yeah. So I think it was more like the wind and those sorts of other things, the, the closeness of the um, sound of the helicopter and that, that gave me more of an indication of how high. It really was. Now, well, one of the things that uh, I think you can have done is get a, a photo taken of you uh, doing it, I guess, uh, you know, for someone with sight as much to look back on or maybe to show their friends and say, here, look at this, I, I really did do it. Uh, a, did you do that? And B, does that mean something to you as well? I guess it does to your husband. but Yeah, look, it does because I've got some usable vision. Hmm. So those things are important. And we went with the... Um, most expensive package because we figure we're probably doing this about once. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we got the video. We got all the photos. We didn't have to choose photos. So I haven't actually looked at those yet. I'm interested to see what it looks like if the wind blowing my hair around all over the place and also what you can see in the background because I can, with a photo, I can get as close as I like and mm. hopefully pick up some more detail as well, which I think will also help give a sense of the height as well. And apart from the train incident, uh, so nothing really scary per se, and I guess you touched on at the beginning that uh, in terms of an, of an adrenaline rush, maybe not, not such maybe a Maybe not quite. Yeah, it, I mean, it was still a really good achievement and exciting, but it's not like riding a, a roller coaster or doing a, a VA hot lap. It's a different sort of thing, but... It was really cool, and also the um, climb leader got the group to sing me ha- sing happy birthday to me while we're on the descent on the other side. So that was also cool. Oh, you were spoiled. Oh yeah, look, absolutely. <laughs> Although they didn't sing happy birthday to the bridge, even though it was the bridge's birthday, so that was a bit well, rough. Well, I think we can hereby say that to you, were on that picture today, <laughs> were much more important than the bridge. Oh, I don't think you want to hear the bridge hear you say that. You know, <laughs> the, the bridge ran second to Katrina. <laughs> Hey, Katrina, <laughs> you, you, you said you went the expensive package, which is fair enough, and you maybe yeah. might not do it again. But um, someone listening in who might have some sight or you know be totally blind, what what would you say if, if they were thinking about it? I'd say, yeah, look, definitely do it. It's worth the experience, and you know, also take somebody with you who's good at just giving you directions for negotiating obstacles and that in terms of like steps mm. and those sorts of things or where you've got to duck your head because you're just too tall and you'll knock yourself out. So the different package levels depend on how many photos you want and if you want the video, that sort of thing as well. The, the way I look at it also is there's not always a lot of sighted people that do these things. So, hey, if we can go do it, why not? That's an interesting point you make about taking someone with you to describe what's going on. So I guess for the... Um Average punter, if you like, with sight, they're probably going as much, in a sense, for the um, sightseeing opportunity, aren't they? So if you're a person mm. with a vision impairment, you want that sort of uh, aspect of it included in it as well, even though you've got the, the tour guide uh, chatting to you uh, in the background also. Exactly. And also because on that climb, you cannot take anything with you. So I couldn't take my monocular because I can't risk something falling, you know, derailing the train on its way to Milton Point or whatever, 
causing a car crash. So no monocular, which is annoying, but that's okay. But I was able to have sunglasses because they were on a lanyard. So even if they fell off my face, they weren't falling to the road level. Katrina, lovely description. Thank you so much for that. So um, if anyone is thinking about doing it, it sounds like Katrina would say, yeah. Give it your best shot. We appreciate you speaking to us. Ah, no worries. Thanks for having me. That's Katrina Taylor, who for her birthday climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge. That's it for the program. If you've missed some of it, maybe like to hear it again. You can go to our website, www.varadio.org forward slash podcast. The program to look for is Vision Extra. That's the name of this one. Back on this radio station at the same time next week.